Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. James, everything is back this week. Blink-182, the NHL, and of course... Dude. The New York Islanders. Did did you see that concert that got announced when we were young? I I did see that. It's... Oh my god. It's something. It's something. I don't know that I have... Have you ever seen Blink? Yes. I've never never seen it. Dude. Were they like a big part of your, yeah, like growing up? Because you're you're also a drummer, so yeah. I imagine that's like it was pretty influential as it yeah as it was for me, um, yeah. But I've never I've never seen them. Yeah, so Adam's song was like one of the first songs that I heard by them, and then like was one of the first songs that I wanted to learn on the drums, and way harder than I ever thought it was ever going to be. And it took me such a long time to get it down because Travis Barker, but oh my God, that lineup of just so many bands who I forgot existed and then said to myself, wait a minute, they're still together or wait a minute, they're back together or wait a minute, they're still making music. I, I, I didn't, I didn't see where the show is, but I will need to, is it in Vegas? I might have to go. (laughs) Like I don't know. I I saw there's so many bands that I've like accidentally seen on Warp Tour, like Mayday Parade or something, and they were so bad live. They're so I saw you like Yellow Card, and it just they were so bad live. Like I I just don't know that I would go pay money and fly halfway across the country or like just, pretty much it, all it, the way across the country to to go see them. Like I don't know that I need to go see Good Charlotte. Or simple plan. Like, there's no nostalgic itch. Oh, for me, thrice. For me to do that. You don't want to go see thrice. Have you their new record? This is getting into uh, bar down breakdown. Yeah, uh, really quickly. But if did you hear thrice's new record? I don't know if it's like a year or two old at this point. Uh, I think I yeah, I think I have. A friend of mine passed it along, and I was like, I don't love this. I get it's not what they used to be, but it was yeah. a very big departure. Like. I, if if I didn't know that it was them, I would be like, "Who is this? I don't like this band. Whoever this new band is, like, yeah. I'm I'm not a believer in liking music just because a band puts it out that I know or that I like. Like, I don't mind being a critic of of the music that they put out. Like, Balance and Composure did this, where they put out like their third full length, and it was really good. It just wasn't a good Balance record. Like yeah. on its own, I'd be like, "Oh, this is good." by this random band i don't know 
But as like a balance of composure record, it seemed a little off. But so I didn't. But thrice, I guess, for a second, I don't know that I need to go see like twenty or thirty minutes of any of these bands. <laughs> I mean, listen, and and I promise we'll talk about hockey right after this. But Pierce the Veil, like I love Pierce the Veil. I don't know if you know them, but or if you listen to I, them, but I, I do. I, I don't really know them. I can't remember who. Else. There's like something corporate is on. Yeah, um, dude, I, that's one of the bands I was like. <gasps> they're still together or they're back together this is crazy <laughs> yeah i mean that that's a super super throwback they're just gonna do this because there's like a certain like our age like a little bit younger yeah. a little bit older is just like dying to see the bands that we either like never got to see or just like haven't seen in a long time i can understand to a degree i just don't know if it's for me i might go see blank even though i yeah. know that they're not very good live I may either at UBS Arena or something like that um, next May. Um, and hopefully there's some Islander playoff hockey right around that time at UBS Arena yeah. as well. I'm going to use that as a segue. Uh, Do it. Islanders, Islanders hockey. The NHL season get, is kicked off uh, a few minutes ago as we record on Tuesday night. Um, we watched a really embarrassing video of a referee. Um, so bad announcing or like setting up the the rangers and lightning puck drop um the secondhand embarrassment from from that uh i needed a second i needed to go like get a drink of water it was very yeah this gave me like i don't know i don't know how to describe it it's not agita like just it uh, it was so bad it was like laugh just don't laughably bad yeah i think he, he was trying to be uh oh god who's who's the Who's the referee that I'm blanking out on now? Of course. Oh, I, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember. I can't remember yeah, his name either. It's trying to be him. Well, I, I think the league was like, or you know, ESPN or whomever was like, "Hey, you got to do this," and I'm sure he super did not want to do that. Um, and Maybe. was like, you know, he's like, "All right, well, this is my job. I'm the referee," and blah blah blah. But <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was tough to watch. But the the Islanders kick off their. Uh, 2022-23 season uh, on Thursday. Um, but I wanted to talk about two other teams really quickly because we're going to kind of break down, I think, the the roster a little bit, the uh, the end of the preseason, and um, kind of going forward a little bit of the, the outlook in this episode. But I think there are two teams that I want to discuss because the East, and, and just because I've been listening to all these previews, um, on on podcasts and reading and and from ESPN to to everything in between, um, of of just kind of where they think the teams will be landing and and so on and so forth, um, the the Capitals and the Bruins are teams that the Islanders will in one way or another for a wild card likely um, at least how we see it uh, be, be fighting with those teams for a wild card spot yeah and. Those teams got some bad news, um, they, you know, over the summer. And I think even earlier than that. But I think I haven't really seen this in in too many of the previews, and I, I just kind of want to to mention it here to kind of kick off our episode. Um, the Capitals are going to be without Backstrom um, for for some time. I think at least through uh, the end of this calendar year uh, after after hip surgery and Tom Wilson. Uh, who was out with an ACL injury, at least yeah. through American Thanksgiving, he'll be out. Um, on the Bruins, 
Um, McAvoy uh, will be out until December-ish. Brad Marchand will also be out until around that time, maybe the end of November. Um, and Matt Grizzlick will be out until at least the end of October. And yeah. this matters to Islander fans because it's a huge opportunity for other teams to play catch up with them. So solidify even a top, you know, maybe a third spot in the, in the Metro, uh, which I think will be really hard, but just because the East is so much more spread out now, I think those points will be distributed a lot more evenly than it was last year. It's not going to be a 16 point difference. In other words, between the last wildcard spot and, and the team that doesn't make it. Um, but in this case, the Islanders could maybe get into that first wildcard spot and, and and create some separation early. You know, what they had to do the last two seasons, or last season in particular, and, and kind of play catch-up um, to get in into the playoffs. They might be able to kind of comfortably create that before Thanksgiving, which, you know, early December, uh, they say that you can, you know, make or break your playoff chances yeah. by then. So it, this is kind of a big opportunity to not just steal points from them, but if the Bruins and Caps are struggling a little bit, the Islanders have to take advantage of that. Have you have you considered right. kind of some of that as far as the standings are concerned? Well, yeah, and that was something I was thinking about um, recently when you know uh, the fourth period sends out their uh, their survey. If, you know, what, what do you think is going to happen this season? And uh, you know, when I was gauging the Metro. You know, in my mind, the first and second place are claimed by either Carolina or the New York Rangers and vice versa, right? After that, three, wildcard one and wildcard two, which of course includes the Atlantic division as well, those are all up for grabs in my mind. Because like you said, you know, Washington is going to be hurt, right? And then after Washington, Pittsburgh um, is is probably the next competitor for that, for that third spot. And uh, when when you think about it, they're another year older, and you know they kept the band together, and they they trust in that that core that is uh, the clock's ticking on them a little bit, I would say. But still, you can't count out Sidney Crosby and Chris Letang and and Evgeny Malkin, right? So you know they they look to be still competitive. However, I wonder if age is going to start to catch up to them, you know, especially because Malkin has been injury prone. Um, Letang before last season has been injury prone too. But I, I believe he did play majority of the season last year. And if he missed time, I think it was for COVID reasons. Um, however, the Islanders can can definitely claim anything from the third spot in the Metro or any or both of the wild cards, in my opinion. The, the teams that they will be competing with, I think, will be the Washington Capitals, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the New Jersey Devils. I don't foresee, unless... Johnny Gaudreau carries the entire team on his back with Zach Wierenski. I don't And Patrick Laine. I, I think that's important. And Patrick Laine. Gaudreau, Laine, this could be a year. Has Laine hit 50 goals? He's a 40-goal guy. He hit 44. I think this is this could be a year that Laine does that. If he's playing with Gaudreau, I, yeah. I think that's a huge possibility, especially on the power play. That's where Columbus will be able to, if they can get the power play going, that's going to be where they can steal points. But that's what I meant about yeah. the division and really the East in general. They're really like outside of Philly, there really aren't terrible teams anymore. Montreal got better. Ottawa got better. New Jersey got better. Those aren't. Yeah, easy I just... and, and, and Buffalo can't be as bad. You, you never know. They can, they can fall flat on their fall flat on their face, but 
they're no they, they were never really easy games there was a lot of parody before but it's not going to be like it was like all, all those teams got better and you're not going to have four teams in the metro have 100 points or more like that's no, just yeah, not going to happen i hear you and, and i just think from top down uh the islanders are much more complete and, and deep than the columbus blue jackets are at this point right the addition of gaudreau is obviously huge and that's you can only imagine what that's going to do for Patrick Laine. Zach Wierenski is an excellent player on their blue line, their number one defenseman, and they have a pretty good goaltending situation with Merz Lickens and Corpusallo. I just I don't think that they're as uh, complete as, as the Islanders are right now. So I, I think the bottom two teams are going to go to Philly and, and Columbus, and then you know three wildcard one and wildcard two is going to be a competition between uh, Washington, Pittsburgh, the Islanders, and the Devils, who – you know, obviously now I covered the Devils a little bit closer uh, than I had covered any other team previously to the Islanders. And, you know, seeing them firsthand and seeing what they have going on the ice right now, I would say that they're pretty close to what the Islanders uh, could or, or, or have been uh, prior to last season. I think that they're they're making their way towards being a legitimate Stanley Cup. Uh, well, I shouldn't say Stanley Cup, but playoff threat. The, the addition of Palat was huge. Um, Eric Halla has been an excellent player for them. They got John Marino and Brendan Smith on the blue line now, and they already had a pretty good blue line. Uh, they added Vitek Vanacek, so their goaltending, they're like Islanders light at the moment, and they're working their way towards becoming what the Islanders were uh, in those two postseasons where they went to back-to-back Eastern Conference Championships. So I think this could be a big year for them where they take that step forward, and the Islanders can't, you know, chalk up an easy two points when they see the devils on the schedule anymore. So those that's what I mean. Yeah. Those four teams are competing for those three spots and look down. There's, I think they have enough to compete for that third spot. I think they can be third in, in, in the Metro. If not, I think they can still maintain playoff status in one of the wild card spots. Um, Just because, and, and I was talking to our friend, uh, of the show Nick Albergo off off show actually earlier today. And even he said, he was like, I, I'm pretty sure last year was an anomaly. And he said on our show, they're not getting the respect that they deserve. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think a lot of people are going to be a little bit surprised with the Islanders this year. So that's a, that's a good segue um, heading into Thursday. So we, we saw the, the preseason we've been paying attention to all the reports um, from from the end of camp and now with the 23 man roster announced. Um, well, let's, let's kind of start there before we get into the, the play. What did you think of the final roster kind of given everything that was going on and kind of, I don't want, I don't want to say it, it was a little bit of a lack of information. I think um, things kind of, you know, players were missing. They'd come back. Um, someone's sick. They're coming, you know. So it was very a little, it was a little confusing. I think for people to follow in real time, um, by no fault of anybody at all. Just you know, what are people seeing? So it's a little, it was a little confusing. Like I said, um, what did you think of the final roster? All said and done. Yeah, I mean, no, no surprises, right? I mean, reading the tea leaves, you could see, you know, who might be excluded from the roster just for the purposes of going to injured reserve or whatever, but. You know, no real surprises. You had guys on there who you knew were going to be there, like Kiefer Bellows and and Robin Sallow. After you know starting training camp on Scott Mayfield's 
left and then pretty much never leaving, solidifying that that sixth role. You knew he was going to be there, too. So I think the only two guys that you look at on that roster and you say you say to yourselves, huh, good for them for making it. Uh, or you say to yourself, why did this guy make it? Nikita Sashnikov, who I'm super intrigued by because I think, and we'll talk about him a little bit later, I think he's somebody who can make an impact for the Islanders if he can you know, figure out his NHL game, which he looks pretty good so far. Uh, I think the, you know, the reason why he didn't cut it in the, at the NHL level in his previous stint was just because I think he was used to the European style, but you know, it, what we've seen as of uh, you know, it's, it's October 11th that we're recording this up until uh, or, or I should say when the training camp started at the beginning of September, he's looked pretty good. You know, he brings a little bit of uh, everything that, the Islanders need not to say that he does it in a superstar fashion, but he does bring a bunch of elements that we'll, we'll talk about a little later. The other guy is, is Sebastian Ajo. And you say to yourself, Oh man, like how does this guy keep getting back on the roster? Right. And I, and I was sitting there and I was thinking about it and I'm like, the players have spoken about and Lane Lambert himself has spoken about how the, the structure of the defense is still there, but the system is different. It's more aggressive. It's more fast pace. The defense is pushing the, the puck forward at, at a much higher rate than they used to be. What if Sebastian Ajo, the defenseman, didn't work in a Barry Trotz system, but Sebastian Ajo, the defenseman, works in a Lane Lambert system? And we're finally going to see the Sebastian Ajo that they've kept around and thought that they've had for years now. Because maybe he is better suited for this fast style, right? That's He's clearly a good skater, right? We don't have any questions about that. He can skate. He can move the puck in transition. Does he have a couple of questionable uh, offenses in, in the defensive zone? Sure. But we know he can play offense. We know he can shoot the puck. We know he can distribute. So from the blue line, which is something that the Islanders have spoken about that they need dating before this summer. So, yes, we were all surprised when he signed a two-year deal. Maybe now – zooming the lens out a little bit and taking a step back from that, you know, initial shock, this system might work for him. And whether he's the seventh defenseman or working with uh, Robin Sallow because Scott Mayfield is or isn't injured, you know, I, I believe they said today he'll be good to go for opening night. He was under he the might... weather. That was the report. Okay. Yeah. So then you, you'll, you'll just see, or we could see, a different version of Sebastian Ajo just because of the system. Yeah. I, you and I were talking about that earlier today and that sunk in a little bit for me. Um, I'd love to see Ajo thrive. I really love to see any kind of like a Sashnikov or Ajo, obviously a Salo, but kind of these, these players that you, I don't know what, I don't want to say like didn't speak highly enough of, but definitely like under the radar players or, you know, players that like, yeah, wouldn't it be nice kind of thing. Um, and one of those players for me is Kiefer Bellows, who I wrote about and we spoke about on the show at the time. I didn't think was a lock for the roster. Um, I, I under no, like, you know, Sashnikov was playing well. He, he plays a physical style on that third line with, um, if it was going to be Bailey and Peugeot, which it, it looks like uh, Pantornos, um, Joe Pantornos with AM New York's um, lineup was correct, which we talked about last episode. 
Sashnikov on that line wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. Um, it, I, I, maybe it would have been a good balance. Um, but Kiefer Bellows seems to have stepped up. And our our feeling on him apparently wasn't wrong. Um, during uh, General Manager Lou Lamorello's uh, media availability on on Monday, he said up until the last up until the last couple of games, uh, he bellows wasn't where we. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't know why this is so hard to read. Really wasn't where he should have been, but I'm really pleased with the way he's he's played uh, the last game. Right now, it's going to be a competition between two or three players in that position, and. That speaks volumes about the you know his just that game against the Rangers and the game before about how he stepped up and being in the right position essentially. Um, I don't you know I, I think this this kind of begs the question you know and, and there's been plenty of articles. Um, I think Joe Pantorno wrote something, Stephen Rosner wrote something, a few other people about the healthy competition between Bell and Wallstrom. I wanted to get your take on that as far as. Um, you know, Wallstrom is supposed to be this player that can maybe score 20, 25 goals um, pretty much anywhere in the lineup. And it, it's just a pure goal scorer and a sniper on the Islanders, something that they sorely needed. And it would be great if they could develop that internally instead of trying to find a Goudreau or another 100 point player. Or not that not that I'm suggesting Wallstrom can do that, uh, especially not this season. But what do you think about that competition? And. You know, it seems like it's, you know, Bells is in the driver's seat, just given Wallstrom's, um, you know, he had a, a, apparently a nagging upper body injury. What do you make of that competition? And, you know, as Lambert and Lamarillo suggested, it's kind of a game by game, like, you know, who's who's playing well and, and what do we need? So the, the thing is, I, I wonder about if Bellows is only in the driver's seat because of the fact that, I believe Wallstrom is still waiver exempt. Yes, he is. He's still waiver exempt. So it's it's multifold here. I think that Bellows one requires waivers, and it's he they signed him to that one year one way this summer, and this is a prove it deal. So you know we're gonna get our money's worth, throw him out there, and, and see what you know he can bring to the table. There is that element, in my opinion. However, like you said, he played excellent in that game against the Rangers, and and mind you. That was a game where both teams dressed the majority of their roster. And the Rangers are a really good team. So it was a good showing. It was a good audition for Kiefer Bellows because, like, you know, Lamorello had said up until that point, it was like, okay, what did we sign you for a year for, right? And then that game happens and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Put him with, you know, the right line mates. Put him with you know, the right setup and, and maybe this player will succeed scores. The first goal of the game has six shot attempts, throws a number of hits playing physical. And that's something he's a- that uh, he's mentioned. And other people have asked him about. And um, I think that's good. I mean, if you're going to be playing on a third line, um, got to throw your body around. Right. And that's the thing. Like you could, you could be thrown out there as a third liner, just in a scoring situation or a checking situation. And he said himself, like, I'm a power forward and I want to score, but I could also, you know, throw the body around if I have to. So I, I think that it was a, a really good sign for Kiefer Bellows to be doing what he's doing. And if he can continue to do that consistently, he can remain as part of the, I don't want to say core, 
but he's another young guy that the Islanders can put in the lineup to keep their average age young and continue to stride forward with competing. The the other side of that though is is what what's going on with Oliver Wallstrom and he's had a, a bit of a bumpy start to his year because of injury and um, you know I guess trying to figure out where is his spot really right he came in after a summer where he said he learned how to cook and he cleared his mind and he's not putting pressure on himself he has no expectations he's just going to go out and play and all that is great I guess he hasn't really been able to prove much with having been held out the past couple of games and, and dealing with something that was quote unquote weird, which we don't know what that is. So you hope that he gets over that. But again, now, you know, after I, I spoke it into existence with you regarding Sebastian Ajo, that maybe just this system has changed the way these players, you know, compete the way these players produce. I think a lot of that also has to do with obviously the forwards, right? Because the, if the puck is in the offensive zone more, that's going to play to Kiefer Bellows' strengths. That's going to play to Oliver Wallstrom's strengths, right? You're not going to look for those little things that Barry Trotz was nitpicking Oliver Wallstrom about. So um, you, we're going to have to see more out of Oliver Wallstrom to really know where he's at because he's played on a couple of different lines in preseason hasn't been healthy in the past couple of games to really gauge. Did he take that step forward after this summer? As far as the competition between the two goes, though, I mean, they're both hungry players, right? We heard it from Bellows when he signed, and we continue to hear it about, like, yeah, I I just want to play. I want to be here every day. I want to contribute. Yes, that's hockey talk, but that's also a 24-year-old who knows this is my last chance to make an impact here. Wallstrom's a little bit different, but he's still trying to prove himself, right? He's he's just going to be coming off of, after this season, his entry-level contract. He's looking to break onto the scene and maybe make a little bit of dough next summer, whether it's a bridge or not. But he's trying to put himself in, you know, maybe not Jason Robertson's shoes, but Jason Robertson light where he scores 25 goals, 30 goals if he can, and make a little bit of money next summer and say, I'm I'm a legitimate goal scorer in the, at the NHL level. You You want me. So the competition, I think, is a good thing, right? They're, they're going to be making each other better. And, hey, Bellas, you didn't play great this game. Guess what? Oliver's going to play next game. You're going to sit and you're going to watch. And you're going to have to wait until Oliver messes up to get your chance again. And then you're going to play your ass off if he does mess up again so that you don't come out of the lineup. And it can only benefit the Islanders. Um you know, but you, you hope that they both pan out because if you can insert Bellows every day and you can insert Wallstrom every day and say, for instance, you take out Josh Bailey and for argument's sake, I'm not saying that he should go anywhere. We'll see how this season plays out. But Kyle Palmieri, now suddenly your 29 and 31-year-olds are out of the lineup and your 22 and 24-year-olds are in the lineup. And again, the Islanders window is like, Oh, it's this small. Wait, no, now it's this big again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, th- I think definitely thinking about like Bellows panning out a little bit better would be an amazing thing for the franchise. Adding another young player into the lineup wherever they fit, right? He can just be a really good third liner. Yeah, and and that I think would be really okay. Um, but adding it it with like the future with Dufour and Ratu. Um, 
adding Bellows, Wallstrom, Barzell, you know, whoever sticks around, Bavillier, whatever. Um, and, you know, plus the the really young decor and, you know, uh, you know, you include Pelic and Pulak in that because they're a not going anywhere because of their contracts, but they're really just getting into their prime now in their in their late 20s. Um, they're still on the right side of 30. I think all that's really, really, really good. So, yeah, I mean, th- I think the competition will be really good, but I'm, I'm happy to, you know, kind of see our head was in the right place to begin with, but then he proved it wrong with Bellows. Um, yeah. So it's nice to see. I want him to succeed, you know, being again. Yeah, I think I think you're right about the the age and it's keeping the roster a little bit more balanced would be fantastic. Um but it's a little concerning for for Wallstrom. Um, you know, hopefully that lights a fire for him when he does get in the lineup um, and makes Lambert have to make a really kind of hard decision on an, on an ongoing basis. And maybe Bellows has a little bit better of a, of a shot of staying in the lineup because not only is he going to compete with Wallstrom, but he could be competing with Sashnikov, um, depending on how long Clutterbuck is out. So if it's, yeah. it's really... He's kind of in a good position. He's put himself in a good position, I should say, because he he's the one who showed up and, and did the work. So he has a good shot of staying in the lineup one way or another. Um, you know, again, between playing on the third or fourth line and just having that versatility. Um, if he can add penalty killer to his his resume, I'm sure that'd be great for Lambert to know. Um, maybe they've already talked about that, um, but. We'll get to Sashnikov in the fourth line and kind of some of the more specifics. Nassiman Hockey is brought to you by DraftKings. Hey, hockey fans. It's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. If you're an Islanders fan, you're excited that Matthew Barzell just signed a long-term extension. With a new contract in hand, why not bet on him to maybe be the MVP of the upcoming 2022-23 season? If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with the same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you'd like. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I do want to get into what are we, what's making us nervous so far? Um, end of the preseason, that last game, as you said, is a little bit better of a setup. We're seeing two pretty much NHL rosters going at it. Um, and then, you know, today the, the Rangers are in uh, regular season form and, and the games start to count. So it's not that far removed. Um, or is it Sunday over the weekend? Not very long ago. Um, a few more practices, yada yada. Um, what's what has you nervous heading into Thursday's game against the Panthers? Um, I'll, I'll start with the obvious. The obvious thing here for me is goal scoring, and you know, taking a look at the preseason, three goals against Igor Shesterkin, pretty good against the Rangers. Full lineup, not bad. Five goals against the New Jersey Devils in a 50% lineup. Not bad. Four goals against the Flyers in OT. They win. Um, okay. And again, 50% lineup. 
you hope that the system translates to more goals because if it doesn't, are, are they going to be giving up more? Because they have to sacrifice in one spot, obviously, to gain more offense. And the only spot to sacrifice there is on the defensive end. So they're going to be sacrificing in there a little bit, no matter what. You hope the the fact of the matter is that it translates to more uh, time with puck possession in, in the offensive zone and fi- finding its way to the back of the net. So goal scoring is one thing I'm a little bit nervous about just because of the also obvious reason that they didn't add any offense this summer. You know, and that's that's one of the things that was number one on everyone's list, including Lou Lamorello. So y- you wonder if that goal scoring is going to come and if the development of certain players who we just spoke about, like Wallstrom and Bellows, does pan out so that it does show itself in the regular season. Number two, and I'm going to be careful with the way I say this because you had texted me before the show started and you were like, hey, like they addressed this. And I and I do know, I do know that they address this. Before I even say that, though, we know the defense is going to be good and we know the goaltending is going to be good. No need for us to go gloss over that. But the one thing that has me a little bit worried is the team's health. And the reason I say that is because I know we came into this preseason where Lane Lambert said, you know, Clutterbuck's 100%. Mayfield's 100%. Everyone's 100% coming in. Everyone's feeling great. I know they addressed Anders Lee missing practice today. I know they addressed Scott Mayfield not feeling well, and that's why he missed time. But, you know, I wonder because we know who runs this team. Lou Lamorello is a very secretive person. He keeps everything close to his vest. You're not going to get a lot out of him. You're never going to know what the injury to Oliver Wallstrom is right now. You're never going to know unless someone in that organization has the cojones enough to let that information out. You're never going to know. The thing for me is Clutterbuck and Mayfield ended their seasons early last season. Anders Lee started to come into his own and, and, and recognize that he was feeling better and that he's ready to go uh, halfway through last season. I just wonder if some of these injuries to guys like, you know, Wallstrom who was out, Sezekis was out for a little bit. I wonder if they're playing with lingering injuries that are going to persist throughout the season because, and again, I'll, I'll bring this up. I think I've brought it up a couple of times on this show. Matt Martin played all year last year with a lingering injury that everyone kind of forgets about. And that, you know, he took a lot of criticism for how he played and maybe it's justified. Maybe it's not, but he played with a lingering injury. And you wonder if these little things that are keeping Clutterbuck out of some games and Tzizekas missed some time and Wallstrom missing some time and, Oh, Scott Mayfield's fine. He just had a stomach bug. Did he? I, I mean, I yeah, I. I think I, I understand part of where that's coming from. I, I, I and and part of what I you know when we were talking earlier, what I wanted to make sure we addressed was, I didn't want to be speculative. I wanted to make sure, no. like some of this is like yes, Lamarillo doesn't do himself any favors and kind of lets everybody run with whatever narrative they want or with whatever ideas pop in their head. And I just didn't want to do that. So that's where I was, you know, uh, Lambert had said, you know, these players are going to be available um, 
tomorrow for practice and then end for the game. So I didn't want to like put out there that Lee's knee injury is is back or anything like that. Like I I didn't want to put anything out there that frankly wasn't true. Um again, and I can understand like nagging injuries to 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 some players like a Mayfield. Again, I think it's just what they were saying was a little bit different than that. Like he was under the weather. That's I don't know. I, I don't I wouldn't want to I wouldn't dive too deep into any of that stuff. I hope that's, I, that's true. Yeah, I that's that's a little um that's a little galaxy brain for me to to kind of do to to get into that kind of mindset. It's one thing to understand what Lemorello is doing and not liking it. I think it's another to be like, well, what could it mean? And then try to kind of come up with with situations because we're going to do that all season. Somebody's going to be out for some reason for at least a game or two here and there. And it's going to be, you know, they had, they had this other injury. Could it be that? And it could be, I just don't think it's worth like, there's nothing to run with. Right. There's nothing to run with the, the whole, basically the whole team was available. Uh, the other game, except for Mayfield and Clutterbuck, but we know a lot more about Clutterbuck. You know, it's not a lot to go on, but he's not available. He's day to day. Lamarell said, you know, it may push him a little too hard or whatever the case was um, early in the preseason at camp. And he's just kind of, you know, uh, coming back. So he'll, he'll, he'll be fine. Um, and it sounds like they have kind of players to kind of figure that out. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't run with anything yet. It's that's not we're going to be we're going to run ourselves ragged all season if we have that kind of mindset. I think I think there's a different side of what you're saying as far as like health is a concern. They have the depth given their current roster and what it looks like on paper and the lineup, right? The the night in and night out roster is is deep. Granted everyone can play. The second, you know, you you want out of Bellows, Wallstrom and Sashnikov, ideally you really only want two of them in the lineup at any one time. When three of them are in the lineup and then you're pushing like, all right, Johnson's the only other healthy forward, kind of like what happened last year, like that's where it gets a little thin. What's different this year is that they do have a, a Rachu. They do have a Holmstrom. They do have right. a Dufour, who Lamarell the other night did say they were a little further along or a lot further along than we thought they were coming into camp. Yeah, and I, was, I think I that's gonna... good to have in your back pocket if you're competing though maybe you want one of those players but ideally it's somebody like on your roster very rarely does somebody just get called up from the ahl right especially that doesn't have really pro experience in north america and just make a difference right away we're not talking about a first round pick here you know we're, we're, we're talking about other players that took a little longer to develop and are playing overseas or we're playing in major junior it's gonna be really hard for them to make a difference like ideally it's somebody like a sashnikov coming out of nowhere or a bellows developing and having a really good year or wallstrom taking the step that everyone thinks he can take not trying to call somebody up if i could interject though real quick sorry to cut you off but the one thing about ratu is that he did play against men overseas oh i'm not i'm not taking that away sure so, but I, but I think it, it's just different. Again, Bells has been on the Islanders. Yeah, no, you, know, that, you, I, you I have that. a roster of of yeah. people, even Sashnikov to some degree, 
at least there's NHL experience there. At least there's the but, highest level of pro, um, you know, KHL and the NHL where where he's had that. Um, now, to your point, though, there is a greater sense of depth here, right? If for some reason or another the Islanders run through Bellows, Wallstrom, Sashnikov, and Johnston, and they have to reach down into the AHL to pluck a player and, and insert them into the lineup, you're no longer calling up Cole Bardrow. You're no longer calling up Otto Koivula or Andy Andrioff, right? Now you're you're able to call up Aturatu. You're able to call up Simone Holmstrom, who almost made this team. You're able to call up William DeFore if you have to. Now you're talking about calling up some guys with some skill rather than calling up Cole Bardrow, who, although I loved him when he was on the team, he's not going to push the needle. And a couple of those no. guys who you who you will call up, like, you know, Ratu or, look, you can catch lightning in a bottle with one of those guys, right? You, you call them up at the you right hope. time. You hope, absolutely. Yeah. You call them up at the right time, they run with that opportunity. Suddenly, you know, DeFore sticks or Holmstrom sticks or Ratu sticks. Um, but you know what Bardrow is. You know what Koivula is. You know you know what Andy Andrioff is. Nothing's coming out of that. You wonder with Lamarillo, though. Talk about, you know, that's worth speculating about. Is like You, you think- wonder if any of them really get the shot unless it really depends on the situation and where in the lineup. Although... Bellows all of a sudden is on the first line when there's injuries last year, and maybe it was just a different season, and they were just dealing yeah. with what they had. But it's I think that's that's more of the coach, though. You know, I, I think for for Lamorello to go back on what he said, even to admit to himself, like yeah, I think they were a little further along than I thought, and and basically tell everyone I was wrong at first. I think they'll be here sooner. I think that speaks to how close those players actually might be. That's a little. I I, I think I hear what you're saying. And I guess tonight we're just disagreeing with each other, um, <laughs> which I get. That's that's healthy. We can stand to do that on this show a, a little bit more instead of just uh, parroting. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, all the way from um, 300 miles away. I can't just the fury of a thousand suns. Uh, <sighs> I, I, I think that's I think it's a good point, like the lightning in a bottle. And you want that to happen. You want that to be ideal. And I don't think Lamarillo will be going back on his word. If now Koivala, I think, I, you know, in, in the in the highlight packages that I watched and in the little of the actual live games that I watched and I did see Koivala, he did not look good. He's never really shown that. He's very, very, very rare glimpses in the NHL of what that is, um, that, you know, what of what he's capable of. It would not surprise me at all if none of the if no none of those players that you mentioned in Holmstrom, Ratu or Dufour were, were called up first. Right, just based on experience, and that I don't think that means Lemerel is going back on his word. It saying a player is further along in their development does not mean that they're ready to just make the jump to the NHL and be even a regular for ten games or twelve games. Right, that, that, that doesn't really mean that he Lamarello may just go with players that he know that'll work. And just kind of again, it's kind of like Grant Hutton in the spot of Mayfield last year, or you know, who's actually the best fit in a particular spot. Um, if Casey Zizekas is out, I don't know that that's Ratu's spot. I don't know that that's worth putting him there as a center. That right. could be Cole Bardrow, um, 
you know, was uh, a, a, like a Zarnik or something like that. Like you're putting in the players that fit the player that's out. Um, then it's on Lambert to kind of plug them in, but that's uh, the call-ups are Lamorello. So that's where I would be careful in getting your hopes up. I think, you know, when somebody does go down with an injury, um, Sashnikov, I think is, is a, is a decent stopgap in, in rushing these, some of these players, no pun intended. So I, I think, Lamarillo put that there on purpose. I think it was some internal competition because with Clutterbuck back, I believe they would be over the roster limit. So someone's going somewhere. Right. So Clutterbuck comes off LTIR. Ajo's a seventh defenseman. They they need seven defensemen kind of with the team um, at any at you know, kind of at all times. Someone's going off the roster. Right, and I I don't want to speculate that that might be Wallstrom simply because he's waiver exempt, but it could mean one of two things: they're really going to let Clutterbuck take his time, so they don't have to make this decision, and that means they get to see more out of Sashnikov, right? And they get two of those players in the lineup at once, as we said, and really get to see what they're what they're capable of. Um, they don't have to rush Wallstrom back, much to his chagrin. Um, he might be out. A little bit longer than he would like, or any fan would like, just and and having Bellows in to see if he's really uh, if he's the real deal this season. So I, I, there's some other questions that you would need to get answered even before another player would get called up from injury. Um, and then Sashnikov would, you know, in theory, need to make it through waivers. So it's a little complicated, um, but out of the hypotheticals and back into. Uh, what we what we saw in the preseason and camp and, and so forth. Um, what has you excited? Uh, specifically, following the Ranger game, what has you excited? So, and I, this is your note here, um, but you, <laughs> Ilya Sorokin is my pick to win the Vezina this year. I'm so excited to see third year. Ilya Sorokin, first full normal year Ilya Sorokin. I think that it's just going to it's just going to be an, an absolute monster year for this guy. Improved blue line, pushing the pace more up the ice, and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe he'll have less of a workload. And not in the sense of game to game, but in game, maybe he'll have less of a workload. We'll see how the uh the system works out for him, but I, I think it's a it's gonna be a monster year for him. Uh, in general, um, you know, but look, he's still working on his chemistry with uh, Noah Dobson, but I love what I'm seeing from Alexander Romanov. He's been every bit as advertised in the sense of he he's going to cronwall everything coming his way, and he's done that. I know he got fined for the hit, and I, and I do want to talk about this hit a little bit because I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. And it's not, you know, Islander bias. It was just I took my took my Islander glasses off and I looked at the hit. And it was a tweener for me. I get that his feet quote unquote left the ice, but it looked I watched it so many times. Shoulder on shoulder contact. And I don't think he quote unquote leapt. That's the thing for me. Like he didn't leap into this hit. I, I think that he did this. 
he led with his shoulder and the player was a little further from him than anticipated. And he kind of just in leap kind of lunged forward though, made shoulder on shoulder contact. That part looked clean to me. And I get again, the feet left the ice, but there's a difference between jumping off the ice to make the hit and what that was. And I think there were two, two very different things. And look, Rules are rules. Your feet leave the ice with a hit. It's a penalty. Sure. We'll call it a penalty. He got fined for it $5,000. Okay. Again, rules are rules. I just didn't think it was a dirty hit. People were talking about how it was dirty. I didn't think it was dirty. I think it was just in very real time. It just happened so quickly. He wasn't looking to hurt the guy. He was just playing Alexander Romanov hockey. So regardless of uh, any, any of the negative ramifications that came with it afterwards his physical presence can't be overstated meaning meaning romanov uh can't be overstated and and he's making the blue line faster so i I really like what i've seen from him i think that he's still figuring it out with noah dobson but it's it's trending in the right direction and i think that it that's going to be a really good duo for a a long time on the hit just two things because i did watch it myself a few times I think it's the angle of the hit, like the fact that his shoulders are so far in front of him. So like that lunging right. thing that you said, I yeah. think that's where a lot of that comes from. And when you see him at like the maximum angle forward, his feet are not on the ice. I also think there's a difference between what's a dirty hit and what's a legal hit. Yeah. So you can think, I, you know, if I had my druthers and I could rewrite the rule, that's a clean hit. I think that's a fair thing to say. I don't know that I agree with it, but you know, just whether or not you think it's dirty and whether or not it's against the rules are two different things. Right. And I think that's that's just a distinction like puck over the glass. I hate that it's stupid what a giant, you know, there's discretionary calls all over the ice. They they don't even call anything everything anyway. So there's discretion made on a you know play by play basis. That's a stupid rule. Is it against the rules? Yeah, it's against the rules. Done. Like it's I get some of these are not as black and white and it's specifically this one, but I think they just kind of take, you know, they didn't I don't think they had a video on it if I'm not mistaken. But so uh Rob Taub tweeted the video. So I meant like NHL player there. safety. Oh like I don't no, believe I don't think they'd had a video. It's probably just because it was preseason. But like I'd be willing to bet it would is there's like a couple things that you can just point out to be like, yeah, these couple things or three things uh are actually against the rules. Um right. you know, and, and in my you know, in, in a in a recent article with the hockey writers, I wrote like if if Romanov plays with an edge that's really going to help the islanders but it's going to be plays like that that'll really hurt the team right eventually he's going to get suspended um if he if he keeps kind of doing that and the fact that they did it in the preseason is kind of sending a message um to him to the team to the league and if the islanders are going to be successful they really need him in the lineup yeah they, they I, need I hear that and he just needs to be careful play with the edge islanders need that but you can't be you can't be doing things that are against the rules. I mean, like I, that's that sounds really dumb to say, but 
he just needs to be careful. He can't. He's young, but he just like can't make those kind of mistakes. Make the errant pass, do the you know whatever, but stuff like that where it's actually going to like take you out of the game, maybe for three games at a time or more, depending on how many times it happens in the season. That you know, that kind of makes me uh, on the nervous side of things. But we're talking about the positives here. Um, anything else, Sashnikov? You, you know, you wanted to mention something about him earlier. Is this you know another kind of moment to yeah? Can I talk about that? Yeah. So I'm, I'm not saying that he's going to be a top six scorer or anything, but I, as I alluded to a little bit earlier, I, I think that he brings a little bit of everything the Islanders are are or were missing and, and need moving forward. Um, again, he's not a superstar or anything like that, but he brings you that that speed, sprinkle that in. He brings you that skill, sprinkle that in. He brings you the scoring, right? We all saw that preseason goal. We've seen the highlights of his few goals in, in his previous NHL stints. He brings a sprinkle of all those little things that they need in their lineup. So I really like his makeup and his his toolkit that he he provides when he's when he's going to be in. Um, he's a wild card for me. You know, he could be or, or turn out to be that bargain if, if all goes right. He's a little older, you know, he's 28 and I say that as 30 going on 31, but he's a little older for, you know, the, the NHL purposes in terms of uh, where his career is. Right. And maybe he's a late bloomer, uh, but, you know, Dionders hired Jim Pagliafito this summer in, in order to bring in European talent. I think he was the original uh I guess mind behind getting him to the Toronto Maple Leafs in his first stint. And now he's back with the, you know, in the NHL with the Islanders, obviously. And, and I think Jim Pellifito had a lot to do with that. You, you hope that he was watching him over in Europe and said to himself, yeah, he's, he's figured out some things that he didn't know previously in his first NHL stint in the KHL. I think he had t- something like 27, 28 goals in like 40 or 50 games. Um, maybe a season or two ago in the KHL and his last season wasn't as good, but I think it was less games and, and his goal total or his, his goal pace was pretty similar. So his numbers weren't crazy good. No, in, in the NHL for sure. But even in the KHL, there was nothing that stood out. That was like, it could have just been the style of play. It could have just been right. something that was Lemorello's style and like, Oh, you know, I maybe give this guy a shot. Right. And and the thing is too, I you know, I wonder if now that he's sharpened his skill sets a little bit more overseas, that he comes over to the NHL on smaller ice, still has the wheels to be that, that burner and, and, and have that speed to, to get past defenders and, and such, um, and is able to control the game a little bit better because the ice is smaller, he has the ability to use his speed a little bit more and, and um, you know, again, not to say that he's anything like Matthew Barzell, but you see that dynamic in his skating, maybe, maybe better comparable to Anthony Bavillier. You see that dynamic in his skating and, and that's something that the Islanders need, right? Because they're filled with Kyle Palmieri's they're filled with, you know, Anders Lee's and, and, you know, even Brock Nelson's not the best skater. He's a good skater, but he's not the best skater. Sashnikov brings a little bit more of that dynamic, uh, skating that the Islanders were missing. So he, he listen, even, even if he's just a, a, a 13th forward, I, 
I could I could probably name 16 worse 13th forwards at this point in the NHL. I I think that's fair. Um and like I said, I think it helps with the competition as well. It makes Lambert's job a little harder, it makes Lamarello's job a little bit harder. Um, and I think Sashnikov was just brought in to be a little bit of an extra buffer, and he's turning out to be a little bit better than that. So I think that's um, I think it's definitely good for the for the team. Um, I thought Sorokin looked really really good as well, um, and he had to be. Um, and something I probably should have mentioned in the last segment about what made me nervous, but the defense was rough, especially in that first period when you when when you go through. Um, if you, when you go through that, the highlights pack of of the game, it was hard to watch. A lot of turnovers, a lot of not being able to keep up with fast Rangers forwards, um, just a, a lot of mistakes, a lot of just not Islanders hockey. And um, Lambert mentioned, you know, they spent a little too much time in their own zone. There were pockets where we couldn't get up the ice and blah, blah, blah. But as the game went on, they, they figured it out. But Sorokin was there. Um, I think Varlamov got better as the as the preseason went on along as well. I don't think either of their numbers were particularly good, um, just given how they how they started and how many games ultimately and how many minutes they played all together. Um, Sorry, but, real quick live reaction of me making money on a Stamkos goal and having over two and a half shots in this game. One tied one one in second period are the Rangers and Lightning. Continue. Sorry. Yeah, brought to you by DraftKings. Um, but yeah, so I, so I think there's, um, you know, there is there is some bad, but that kind of showed, you know, what the honors are going to need. If, if the team is going to be a little more loose and, and try to get that puck up the ice really quickly, that might happen. Um, they need to figure it out and make it so that that you don't need to rely on a, on a goalie like Sorokin or Varlamov night in and night out. Um, although they've both proven that they can kind of carry the load, um, but that was under a different system. That right. was under being barraged in a very different way. Rangers forwards were getting up the ice really, really quick. They were capitalizing on turnovers. It was it was tough to watch. That opening frame, you know, I looked up and it was still like nine minutes left in the first. I'm like, all I've seen is Sorokin making saves. Right. Now, he's in really good position and he's not exaggerating movements or any of that. And, and it looks great. But that's just not something that you want to that you want to see. You kind of hope that the honors figure that out. Um, I love that Barzell is a little bit more of an offensive edge to his game. He's shooting the puck. He's he's looking for space up the ice. Um, and, and he's finding himself really, really open. So I love that pass from Pajot after a great touch pass. I think underratedly good touch pass from Salo to Pajot right up the ice. Um, Barzell, I think he's coming off a line change. Uh, doesn't score on that one, I don't think. Um, he had a couple breakaways in that game. Uh, this is against the Devils. Um, I, I just think that's good the, that he's he's looking up the ice. He's trying to find his opportunities. Um, and he had a beautiful snipe against the Rangers um, after a really good forecheck by Josh Bailey. And if that's the Josh Bailey on a couple of things, he had a really great touch pass over to Bellows for a goal, and he had that great forecheck, um, presumably against a, a, a kind of a younger um Ranger defenseman there, number forty-five. I, I can't remember, but you know, gets that puck and just gets it to Barzell, and Barzell kind of uh, shake and bakes there, and uh, and and gets it over the glove of Shesterkin on the on the far side. And if 
if that's the Josh Bailey we're going to get all season, if yeah. that's what's going to happen, even though as it looks, it's he's um, he's going to be playing with Peugeot. Um, either way, Peugeot can score goals if if given the opportunity. Um, and if Bells is going to be there, they've shown that connection in the preseason, albeit it was uh, on the power play, I believe. But if that's the Josh Bailey we're going to see, I, I think the Islanders are in good shape. That gives a really good, th- uh, strong third line option. Uh, the second power play is also going to, you know, having Josh Bailey just kind of be the passer that he can be um, is only going to help the team. So, um, you know, as as not Josh Bailey's biggest fan, um, I saw that and said, great, you know, like prove me wrong, you know, make me look like an absolute idiot. I'll eat my hat. I'll eat crow, whatever. Maybe I'm hungry. I'll eat whatever words I need to eat um, and, <laughs> and, and opinion. But you just need like, you just need him to do it. Um, a couple of good plays and a you know a game winning goal here and this kind of thing. Short of like winning the Stanley Cup in Game Seven, Bailey just has work to do as far as um, you know winning the hearts and minds of Islander fans and, and including myself. Um, I think players on the league. I think other teams, fans and teams in general look at Josh Bailey differently than we do, but we're looking at every single tiny little mistake that, that he's making. Um, right. That doesn't mean that we should be ignoring them, but again, I'm going to give him the opportunity to not mess up and put the puck on that and not overpass and this and this and this. Um, and hopefully he can make an impact in, in a very different role, I think, for Josh Bailey. You know, playing on the third line versus in the top six, that's a different role. Um, he could definitely see that get bumped up if Bavillier is not playing well. I could definitely see him switch with Bavillier uh, to play with Nelson and Lee. Um, but I think a third line is good for him. Sheltered. Same thing with Bellows. I think it's good for him. Sheltered. And Peugeot is a really good kind of defensive center. And um, hopefully those two players can uh, excel on that line. You know, and, and again, I'm going to go back to it. And look, this might sound like, and, and nothing against Barry Trotz, he was phenomenal. You, you can't, you can't say a bad thing about him, right? But as I was listening to 32 Thoughts this morning, uh, where they were breaking down the Eastern Conference, they got to the Islanders and they said, you know, a lot of the players, or Elliot Freeman said, a lot of the players that I had spoken to. You know, after the summer and everything about, you know, how do you feel going into next year? The burnout really set in with the Islanders last season. Really did. And it wasn't just the players. Barry Trotz was burnt out. And and the system kind of ran dry. And those things happen. But, again, I'm, I'm so I'm going to chalk it up to a systems thing here. Is Josh Bailey just better suited in this system? Is not having to play so much defense – not having to curate so much of the play from in your own zone and then send it the other way, trying to score off the rush. Let me ask you this, John. How often do you – can you really recall the Islanders, you know, moving the puck deep into the offensive zone or not even not even moving into the, the offensive zone uh, by dumping it, but how often can you say the, the Islanders got the puck into the offensive zone and – stayed with it and and rotated the puck threw it around uh you know 
Not with Barzell off the ice. If Barzell's right, not, on the ice, is different. But right, they they never really got to set up their plays. Whereas now, that's the goal: get the puck out of the out of the defensive zone, bring it to the offensive zone, and keep it there. Instead of trying to just score all your goals off the rush, or you know, off and that that was really it, right? They tried to score so many goals off the rush, didn't really work that well because again, curate that defense into the offense. Now they're in the offensive zone. Now they're staying. Now Josh Bailey can do what he does best, where he can hold on to the puck, look for a passing lane, find the right guy to pass it to, and, and do what he did, what you saw on that Matthew Barzell goal. So, yeah. again, it, it could just be a systems thing. And, and, you know, again, this is nothing against Barry Trotz. He did wonders for this team, and he instilled a defensive structure that this team needed in order to, su- to succeed. Now it's time to take that and take a step up from there. And when they have to play that system, they will. But when they don't have to play that system and they can have the puck in the offensive zone, I think you're going to see a lot of guys on this team take a step forward because of that. And yeah, you saw I, it with not not just Josh Bailey. Who scored the goal on that play? Matthew Barzell. You, how, how, often, how often have you seen Matthew Barzell cut to the slot like that and, and rip a shot on net and score that goal? Not often. Not often. often. Not often. So if you, this is, if this, look, I understand there was question and there was concern. Is this going to work with Lane Lambert? And by no means am I saying, yeah, it's already working, but you're starting to see, oh, this is offense. Yeah. So I, to, to this point, and, and we'll wrap it up here. Um, I saw a quote, it was a conversation. I think uh, Eric Angles of The Athletic and, uh, was was talking to Martin St. Louis, coach of the Montreal Canadiens. And, you know, something along the lines of like, you know, uh, Slavkoski is is the is the uh, Slovakian player that's now on the Canadiens, the first round pick, the first yeah. overall pick. And, you know, I, I'm going to narrow it down. I don't think the article's out yet, but I saw a screenshot of uh, from, from Angles. And, and he made a point, you know, St. Louis made a point of saying not to overcoach. And let the players, especially the young players, play a little bit more freely. Yeah. And I immediately thought about how that connects to the Islanders. And especially with the young players of just maybe a lot of these players, a Bellows, um, a Wallstrom, even Barzell, some of the veterans were just being overcoached. And uh, St. Louis said, there's one thing about like pointing out mistakes that are made over and over. But you yeah. can't be on top of them. You have to let them play the game. Ultimately, right. there's 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 a lot of latitude out there. Some of these systems are, are put in place in the defensive zone as so that things don't break down. But after that, the movement in the offensive zone, so much of that is creativity and just being out there with one another and, and the chemistry. Um, there are some set plays for sure, mostly breakouts, mostly defensive systems, but in the offensive zone and moving the puck, it's, you know, maybe there's a couple of players, they fly at the zone and, and you know where players are just supposed to be. But so much of that, even that part, is the chemistry. Um, I remember guys that I haven't skated with in a really long time, a few years ago, I went to skate on Long Island and it was, yeah, we had like played growing up together, but we hadn't skated together in years and, you know, it's pickup, so you're playing a little loose, but we just knew where we were supposed to be. You know, we had just played together. We played a very similar style. We played on similar teams. Um, it's it's just about putting the puck in the right spot and, and kind of being where you're supposed to be. And 
if the honors are allowed to play a little a little more loose where they're not having everything under a microscope, especially the younger players, especially a player like yeah. Wallstrom, yeah. that could that could really, really help. Let the players play a little more free. Um, and anything that's a mistake that's over and over and over again, obviously you have to you have to nip it somehow. You gotta, you gotta help them figure it out and, and use it as a teaching moment, but not everything can just be um, beaten to death, you know. Uh, especially as players are developing. But any any last words as we head into the regular season or last show before the Islands kick off their season? No, I'm just super excited. I can't wait to get going. I know a lot of people have asked me the question. You know, you're you're tweeting a lot of Devils. You know, what do you are, are you still covering the Islanders? And yes, yes, I am. I've just been on, uh, you know, an assignment with the devils for at least the start of the preseason and everything. And uh, I'll be attending the majority of devils games. I will say that. However, that does not mean I will not be uh, sticking with the Islanders. I will still be paying attention. And, and uh, even though I won't be, you know, at, at those media availabilities and I'll be at the devils instead, um, I'll still be very in tune and, and know what's going on. And, um, you know, you don't have to worry about the Islanders coverage. It's uh, I'm actually in the middle of writing something right now. So, um, I know there's been some question about that, but um, I'm sticking with it. Don't worry. Um, I'm just doing dual assignments, so uh, it might not it might not hurt you to know a little bit about the enemy. So that's great. Yeah, I've been I, I've been liking seeing this other side of uh, your writing and and being able to learn about the devils through that. So yeah, um, you got, and it's cool. You guys you know? are, I think you guys are going to be surprised with how how much of a step forward that team has taken this year. So don't sleep on the devils. They're uh, they're an up and comer. Yeah, and uh, it's great to see you in the rink, in the yeah. uh, up and up in the press box and all that. It's uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely super cool. Yeah, it's um, been good. Met good people. Um, you know, a lot of friendly people, and uh, you know, appreciate everybody who I've crossed paths with. So it's been fun. Yeah, and if you're if you're interested, um, James is starting. Uh, obviously, he's writing for the fourth period, but he started uh, a weekly YouTube show, uh, Devil's Details um find information through him on on how to subscribe i did already um there'll be live shows you can call in it's very fancy um (laughs) but uh yeah it's you know we're we're still doing the show there's nothing to worry about on this side but uh no no we're nhp strong nhp forever nhp (laughs) forever yeah if if we ever had a t-shirt um which we did at one point um that would maybe nhp forever be on it somewhere but uh maybe we'll get back to that we'll, we'll uh you know i've thought merch. about it we, I, I've, I really I've thought about it i, I've I like love our to new think, logo i love our new logo i i kind of it's it's hard when there's and, and this is complete credit to yes men outfitters yeah. and isles lab like we're not competing with that no i i like i i want to believe like oh nasman hockey made a cool thing like of course i'll whatever it is 17 dollars. like i'll buy a shirt they're just doing it the right way and i'm not yeah. gonna like i'm not gonna compete with like perfection or like people that really right. know what they're doing and people really like it i like it yeah right yeah it's it's really hard for me to kind of go out there unless it's something like very unique and that's the thing Yes, men does such a good job making unique stuff. There are even some other clothing companies out there that do eye on their stuff. Unless it's something like very different, I'm not in the business of trying to compete with them. I want the people doing it right to just keep doing it right and getting the support they need. Yeah. We like that. We like those uh, 
those people over there, they're, they're good. Um, sometimes I don't think there's room for all of that, but, and I've thought about like who would design it and what it would be. And it's like a whole thing, but, uh, I don't know if there's like a demand for it, tweet us, I guess. Um, <laughs> we can, we can try to do, we can find a way. I'd love to partner with somebody on it. So if you have an idea on that part too, um, yeah. that make our lives a lot easier and we'd love to help somebody, um, you know, if we can be mutually beneficial, it'd be fantastic, but we'll, you know, we'll see. Um, anyway, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Nassiman Hockey. You can find James work at the fourth period. You can find my work at the hockey writers. Isles weekly is coming back. Uh, had one come out today. James work is coming out. As you said, another, as James said, another article is coming out soon. Isles fix is back got my first newsletter uh this morning it's tuesday um i don't think one came out on monday but there was a whole bunch of news and it was a really good breakdown uh made sure i didn't miss anything and so it's uh always great to be subscribed to isles fix a great partner for us um james bring us home until next time everybody let's go islanders